0: And the topic today is, what's the secret of success? Somehow I was thinking about this, because we had the March of the Nations, and the March of the Nations, without doubt, truly was blessed. God gave us success. He gave us well-being. There were thousands who came from the nations, 6,000 people on the streets. And I returned from the March of the Nations, and I said, Lord, it was just you. There was nothing that we or I or Charlotte and I could somehow... Be proud of and boast about. It was just God, but it was successful. And I had to think about it how we've experienced things like this many times. You know, big events that we had to walk in faith and they could have gone wrong, but God placed His hand on them. I had to look back to the event a long, long time ago where we walked through Poland, Belarus, right into Russia when we had the prayer expedition in '93, It was a huge thing. It was extremely challenging for us with a tiny little church. And then I had to remember events that we had, big conferences, and God gave us success. I had to think back on our beginnings in South America, and the Lord had spoken about a national prayer movement, and we released it, and we saw the Lord raising a national prayer movement with 50,000 people within six months. You can call that success. And since 2007, you know the story, we are sharing it worldwide. We saw a tiny little march with 200, 300 people out on the streets here. We saw a worldwide March of Life movement being birthed and it keeps growing. And somehow I was wondering and saying, Lord, it would be great to find out and share what are the principles. Where, what's the foundation of success? Are there some principles that we could share? And I had to remember a little bit, you know, when we started the ministry here in Tübingen, we were at the end of our 20s and we started praying.
1: And I thought, wow, if
0: everything we learned throughout the past 30 years, if we had known that back then, that would have been quite nice. And then one man helped me, somehow I discovered this man on YouTube.
2: Um,
0: This man, he's quite famous, I'm sure you know him as well. And I found a little video, and every now and then he speaks as a motivational trainer, and I tell you his name, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You can see his picture here. So there he is, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know his story. He used to be a bodybuilder. You can see him, Mr. Olympia, several times, an actor then, he went to America, Terminator,
2: and then from
0: Terminator, he became governor in California for eight years, you know. He can't have been that bad,
2: a politician, and later
0: he was motivational speaker. And so I clicked on his link there, and he said, The Secret, Five Steps to Success. And I thought, I'm really interested to see. I'd be interested to see what's his experience, because I've heard so much about this, and also from Christians, and you find this over and over again. And I thought, wow, these principles that he teaches, they seem very familiar, they're exactly. But we also experienced some of these things are quite um, in different terms, but it's very similar. And his principles you can find in the Bible also. And this is what I want to speak about, these five steps.
2: And the first principle is
0: find your vision and follow it. And so on the, uh, here it says, find God's vision and follow it. But first of all, I want to tell you his story. Um, Actually, I didn't always like the the guy with his, you know, lots of muscles and Terminator, or Conan the Barbarian. I, I thought that was even worse. I didn't watch it. But even the title of the movie was terrible. You know, a horrible sword. And I thought, oh, no, this is awful. Then he told his story. So I briefly want to give you a summary of his story also, and then I want to tell you the biblical principles. He said he was born after the war in Austria.
2: And he said he had
0: nothing there. He grew up in extreme poverty and in church, in at school. He found a documentation on uh, America because after the war in, in Austria and Europe, everything was broken down. And then he saw this documentation and he had the vision, this is where I want to go, no matter what the price, I want to go there. And that was the first step. That was his dream, his vision. And he said, I will give everything to go there. That was the first point. You know find your vision and follow it. And then his second point was, I walked around and said, "I will become Mr. Olympia one day." He had an example, some other bodybuilder there. He looked so small and, and slim, and he said, "I don't care. I will get there." And so he started bodybuilding. five hours a day. he started, you know training, weightlifting and so on and then he said I want to become an actor in America and the people laughed at him and then actually he became mr. Olympia and then when he said I want to be a I want to be an actor everybody else laughed at him also you know we, with your Austrian accent they'll not understand you an Austrian actor in America that that will never work but he made it and he said the second point is never think too small, but always think big. So that's the the second point. And the third point, he says, if you've got a vision and if you don't think too small, your third point is ignore those who say no. If you have a vision and want to get somewhere, he said, I was surrounded by people who said no,
2: who said you'll never make it,
0: you'll never become an actor, you'll never get to America. But he said it did happen. And then the next point is, but if you have all those points, and if you are not willing to work hard, nothing will happen. So you have to have a vision. Don't think small, but think big. You have to ignore those who say no, but point number four is work hard and invest everything. He used a different term that wouldn't be quite fitting for a service. That's why I put it into different words here. But in, in Germany, it was like, it would be work your socks off or something like that. But he said, I was willing to give everything so this would happen. And then there was the fifth point don't keep anything for yourself, but give back. Now, what does that have to do with the Word of God?
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: when I found those five points, I thought, that's really fitting. I can apply this almost to everything, even the March of the Nations. Wherever we've experienced uh, favor and grace, wherever the Lord has used us, these five points are fitting. And that's why I want to uh, speak about those five points, not as Arnold Schwarzenegger would speak about them. I can't find him in the Bible, but some of those principles, you know. (laughs) Apostle Arnold, mm, well. But I will just follow those points and just show you these points in the Word of God. And the first point, to, to repeat that, is find God's vision, because without a vision you have no goal. And I would like to speak to you particularly. This is not about preparing events, but every one of us has reached some point where they can say, how will I reach my goal? You have goals in your life, I hope so. You've got a vision for your life. You've got a desire to be successful. You've got the desire for God to bless you, to be successful in what you do. For everyone it might look different. But that's why these biblical principles fit so well. And the requirement, the prerequisite for your success, for favor and blessing success, is first find God's vision and follow it. Without vision, there is no goal. And vision is not just something, you know, a dream, maybe, that you would want to fulfill. But it is something very, very real. The word of God speaks about a vision that always speaks with a living word, a rhema word of God to you, a word that is planted in us,
2: a word that needs to be birthed. And so God's vision is planted by his
0: word. And the best example is Abraham.
2: So Genesis
0: 12, verse 2, that we know so well, a, the Lord spoke to Abraham, I will make you a great nation, I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. The problem was, Abraham wasn't able to have children, Abraham and Sarah. And so there was a great vision, wonderful word, but it contradicted any in every reality they had. And that's the second point. When the Lord plants something in your life with his word, a dream, a vision, his rhema word, that is more powerful than all circumstances. And you have to know that all circumstances will arise against you with everything. And you will encounter all impossibilities. The same thing happened to Abraham and Sarah. And we can read that in Genesis 15. The Lord encounters Abraham and meets him. He says, do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. The Lord always says, I am your reward. The the success of God only comes when we receive his reward. He is our reward. If we try to get our own reward, it will fail. But he is our reward. And then he says and speaks to the completely discouraged Abraham and says, So Abraham says, Oh, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. He says, Lord, it didn't work. You told me I'll be have a great people, but that's just not going to work. And then he continues to say, you have not given me any children, and so a servant in my household will be my heir. And then the Lord spoke to him. So he has reached his point zero, you know. Uh, there was there was God's word, uh, but he was at ground zero. The, nothing worked. Even though God spoke, nothing works. If that's in your life, you can know that God will fulfill his word. And then he continues here. The Lord spoke to him. He will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. And he took him outside. And my friends, I love this word. This is something I received even before I became a believer. He took him outside, out of the tent, and he saw all the stars, so there was no uh, lunar eclipse, there was no orange Mars anywhere. Was, everything was very normal. So he looked at the stars and said, Look at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can. And he started counting one, two, three, four, five. And I remember the first message I ever heard was a message by Yonggi Cho. He was a pastor of the largest church in the world, and it was one of the main words about vision that he had. And I still remember how this message was preached over and over again. Volkert Spitzer, he preached it. He was part of the Jesus People Movement in Germany, and he described the, the stars changing into little heads, and they called out, Father Abraham, Father Abraham, here I am. And so he saw all those offspring in the, in the heavens. And then he said to him, and look at the sand, all the grains of sand. And all the sands of grain changed into an incountable." amount of heirs and offspring he says so numerous shall your offspring be and then it says abraham believed the lord and he credited to him as righteousness so he believed the lord for what he had said you know a vision and god's word to you the plan of god for your life only comes to pass when you take hold of it in faith it's not coming to pass if you sit somewhere on the back seat and expect the Holy Spirit to drive you everywhere. But it only comes to pass when you take hold of it, when you are willing to jump into it.
2: When we came to Tübingen,
0: the Lord started speaking to us about the calling of the city. He said, I will come with rivers of living water. I will flow out and send people to the north, the east, the south, the west. People will come by the busload for conferences. And that's what we're seeing. We are seeing missionaries sent out. We are seeing blessings flowing into other countries from here. And the Lord continued to speak to us and said, this place is a place where strongholds of dead religion will be sp- uh, will be broken. Prophetic words will come. You will receive the power of the Holy Spirit that will come upon you. Revival and evangelism, locally, nationally, internationally. And my friends, we live nothing else, not for the past 30 years. It has never changed. So we need to find God's vision, God's job for us to do, We need to follow it. And you know, a vision planted by God is more than just a project. But it becomes alive. It receives a name. And then it is planted into his work, into his body, into his church. And sometimes it takes time that we would really seek the Lord and say, Lord, what are your plans for my life? Sometimes it's so much more than thinking just, oh, I try and find a good job so I have enough money and then just get by, and then maybe have a nice car and a nice house, and then I want to uh, have a good pension and uh, want to get a few houses. But my friends, that's just not enough. Who can live on that? any non-believer can live that way. Any person who does not know the living God can live the same way. Oh, Jobs, I've got different priorities. I want to be successful in my career, my studies. I want to be successful as a scientist. I want to see my name published. on. That's okay. The Lord wants to give us success. But what is God's plan for your life? God wants to use you
2: and sometimes this
0: vision of God takes time and we need to take time to seek him to be before him and I know that the Lord has planted it so many times, such a burning, such a desire. I wouldn't be able to stand here if the Lord hadn't planted into our hearts when we were 19, 20 years old. His visions of a harvest, of revival, of people coming to Jesus. Visions of people born again to new life. Wow. Wow. A vision of how the Lord transforms our nation. People sent out into different nations.
2: And that's the second
0: point. Our problem is that sometimes we think too small. And when the Lord started speaking about the March of the Nations, he didn't say, oh, I'll send a few hundred people to Israel, but he said, I will open up a new chapter of blessing, and we sat together, and he said there will be thousands and millions are to hear their vision, and I almost lost my breath. You know, how, how can that happen?
2: Millions to Israel, the
0: country will collapse, it will never work. Thousands? Yeah, that's possible. No, through live TV, God TV and other TV channels, it will be broadcast live into all nations. And that's what happened.
2: Sometimes we
0: think too small.
2: Too small for our lives,
0: too small for our spiritual life, for our church, too small for our cell groups, too small for what God has planned with us. God has got great plans He has an important plan and just see when I look into the Bible I keep finding people who were thinking too small Numbers 13 verse 30 the spies that Moses sent out you know the story he says I will give you the country of Canaan and then he's calling the spies and sending them out and 10 other spies are going with Caleb and Joshua, and then they return, and they bring the report, and Caleb says, we can overcome them, but the other says, no, we can't. And then all the arguments why this is not possible. Don't we know that? You know, all the arguments why that's not working, why they're too powerful, why this is not fitting, why it will be better later, all the impossibilities, you know, we are experts in listing the impossibilities. And then Caleb says, you know, do you know what he says? He says, if you list all the impossibilities, Caleb says, don't fall away from the Lord. That was his concern. It's amazing, right? He doesn't say, yeah, maybe. He says, don't f- go, go Don't go back on the Lord. We shall eat them like bread.
1: And because of these two,
0: who didn't think too small, but who thought big enough, who saw the entire land, the Lord says, Joshua 1, verse 5, Is every place that your feet shall stand upon I have given to you. Wherever you go, I give you success. No matter where you go. And this is what David did. He thought big. He—that's why God gave him the entire kingdom. And the disciples didn't just think for themselves. And the Lord said, I will send you to all these nations. You shall take the gospel to all these nations. Psalm 2, verse 8. Ask of me, and I shall give you the nations as your inheritance, and the ends of the earth as your possession. I still remember how we prayed that, Lord, we want to have these nations as our inheritance, and we are doing that. We are seeing them opening up. God has got great plans with you. So think about this, what God wants to do. He wants to give success. He wants to give blessing. He wants to make grow in every area of your life. and the third point is, ignore those who say no. I don't know how this is for you, but wherever I go, when it's about the plans of God, I keep finding people who say no, who say it's impossible, this will never work. With Abraham, it was his nephew Lot. God had given the entire land to Abraham, but his nephew Lot only wanted to go where there was lots of water, Sodom and Gomorrah, and that's why he entered into compromise with sin. You know, we want to go the easy way, and we are compromised. With sin, this was what happened with Lot, and so he said no. And the the other spies said no. And the brothers of David, when it was the battle with David and Goliath, they said no. Even the family of Jesus and his mother, they said no. Did you know that? Jesus is ministering. He's ministering to the people. We find that in Mark three, and then they come, mother, sisters, and they ask. For, For him, of course, they want to see him, they were missing him. And then Jesus preaches and says, My mother, my sisters, brothers are those who are around me who do the will of God. That's my brother, my sister, my mother. And obviously his mother, brothers, and sisters were not in the will of God. Otherwise he wouldn't have said that. My brother, mother, sisters, my family are those who do the will of God. So God always looks to people who don't just believe in God somehow, but God looks to those who do his will. So ignore those who say no. Fourth point. And now that's a very interesting point. When we have a vision, when God speaks to us, we need to start working. For the March of the Nations, yeah, we did do some hard work, and it won't stop. And we don't really like that, you know. Oh, we are working so much on in our job. We are working in the church. That should be a place of rest. Yes, also. And then there are those who always say the burnout is because of the church. People have burnout because they're so terrible to them. No, people are having burnout many times. I'm not saying all of them, but many times I saw it because they have switched their priorities, because they no longer seek the kingdom of God, first of all. And then the kingdom of God becomes a burden to them. So the Lord says something completely different. The Lord says, you know, if you've got a vision, if I've called you and if you walk in my paths, you need to be willing to give yourself to that. It's uh, Exodus 20. You shall work for 6 days. In Matthew 9:37, the harvest is great, but only few are the laborers. Laborers. It doesn't say rest us, it says laborers. We have to work, we have to labor. If I want to minister to the Lord, I need to be very practical about this. That means commitment becomes very practical in what I do. And then point number five, very important, and the last point.
2: So Arnold Schwarzenegger
0: says, don't just take, but give back. And let me put that in a larger context, what the Bible has to say about this, because the Word of God says we're not called just to take for ourselves. So if we are living in an attitude of taking, taking services, cell groups, worship, if we just take for ourselves without ever giving back or passing on, blessing, sharing the Word of God, following up on people, helping them, serving them, if that doesn't flow out of us, something is wrong. There will be an inward collapse. That's why we want to take a short look on what truly is success. Well, we know what it's not, like Solomon. We know that he owned everything, he possessed everything. He was the richest man on earth at his time. And he said, my friends, riches is not it. It's good, pleasant. If you're prosperous, if you're blessed, it's great. But that's not the kind of success that the Bible is speaking about. In Proverbs 13, 4 and 5, he says, do not try and get rich, but you focus on riches, and it flies away. It, it has wings as an eagle And it flows away So it's good to have money If the Lord gives it to you But if you rely on it
2: then you are very quickly completely deserted here.
0: Second, that's what Solomon says. Second point, what is true success? Well, of course, in Tübingen, intellectual success, our knowledge. But that's not true either. Paul says knowledge just puffs up, makes proud and puffs up. So turn to the person next to you and say, are you puffed up? How is it for you? Paul is very clear about that. So he doesn't say anything against reason and the mind, no question. He doesn't speak against against education, but he says there is a real problem that if you rely only on this, the problem is that you become proud so quickly, and there's only one way by having a an counter program by active humility to get through. Otherwise, it will puff you up, blow you up like a balloon or like, um, you know, leaven. So that's not what it's about. And then we've seen success is something to satisfy people. Who of you would agree that this is not success necessarily? Yeah? So, drugs, alcohol, and so on, surely that's not it. But let me read something to you. 1 John 2, 15 to 17. Here it says, Do not love what is in the world, because if somebody loves the world, he does not have the love of the Father.
2: Because everything that's in the world, and let
0: me translate this into our modern era.
2: John says it's
0: the lust of the flesh, but everything in the world is what satisfies you, that you think that's good for you. His is the cravings of sinful man. You think it will fill your lack, your need. That's what this talks about here. The lust of the eyes and boasting of what he has and does, that comes not from the Father. So wherever you use your eyes, whether it's looking on your phone, your computer, or TV, newspapers,
1: or even books to fill
0: that lack. That's the lust of the eyes. It's not of the Father, but of the world. And the world and its desires pass away. So that is the what uh, stirs a normal man is, is desires. That it's, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. So. So that's not really success as the world knows it. And many think that success is tied to power, authority, status. Once I have that position, maybe even in the church, position in the city, position in my company, position somewhere. But that's not the measure for success either. Let me give you another Bible passage, very interesting. It's the mother of the sons of Zebedee. So, of course, mothers always want the best for their children. Sure, everybody knows that. And so the mother of the sons of Zebedee, but she was so wrong. She went to Jesus, and she tried to persuade him and say, listen, Jesus, when my sons are with you in heaven, and so she tries to uh, be a protege to her uh, sons, she says, give them to sit at your right and your left she wanted to in sh- secure a ticket for them to for them to be in heaven close to him and to be able to reign with him to be. so this mother was really clever but then it says but Jesus replied and said you do not know what you ask
2: so he explains to them
0: that this position is only for those
2: who are
0: that he has prepared for this. And so that's the question. And this actually will take me to the end of my message. Of course, there is this position to sit at his right and left, true. A position given by Jesus. So let's take it away from, from the throne of God. It truly is in the Bible. There is success, honor. God honors someone and lifts them up, and he wants that for each one of us. No matter where we are from, which nation, whatever. But the the question is, how does he do that? And that takes us to the important key of success. This gives us the key to success. So first we had the five points. And I tell you, when you are serious about them, pray about them, seek God. There will be powerful things that happen in your lives. And now it's the important key.
2: It's the same
0: passage, Matthew 20,
1: verse 21 and 22.
0: And then we continue with 25, verse 25. Let me read that to you. So this is about the position. So the mother of Zebedee's sons wanted to give their sons the position. Jesus said, it's not possible. But he said, with me in the kingdom of God, it's completely different. And so he says, Jesus called them together. So it was so important that he said, hey, hang on, hang on. Let's all come together. Let me explain this to you. He says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. So he says, you know how success
2: is lived in the world. So that's what he says here.
0: Those who have a position, very normal in the world, exploits it for himself.
2: Those who have
0: the money, the position, those who have the say, that's how it happens in the world. But he says, not so with you. He says, instead, I give you a key. The kingdom of God is very different. I want you to be successful and blessed. I want you to make you prosperous. I want to bless you in every area, but it works differently. He says, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And all of a sudden,
2: he contradicts all
0: worldly secular concepts. And this is where he would also stand before Arnold Schwarzenegger. My dear Arnold, that's something you've missed. Whoever wants to be great must be your servant. And maybe we can stand with Arnold there and say, wow, if that's the key. And then he says, whoever wants to be first must be your slave. So So that's really a hard word, right? A diakos, a servant, a a slave, someone who submits. And then he says, that is the nature of Jesus. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served,
2: to be well off, to
0: simply just receive and take for himself, Jesus is our example, right? He says he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, so many would be liberated from the evil one. So that's his concept. The Bible says yes to success, to prosperity, to to success and honor. I want to give you everything. Nobody is excluded. It's not just for some. He says, but the greatest must be your servant. Whoever wants to be greatest must start serving. This is the only way how darkness can be broken. It's a completely different spirit. There was a book by Christoph Heslewold, I think. It's The Way Up down. So Jesus ministered to the poor. He followed the needy ones. He poured out his life. He washed his disciples' feet. He gave himself, even the smallest things. He didn't wait just for the big concepts or ideas or the great titles, uh, assistant director and what's it. But he started serving in little things, and he saw what was necessary, and he did it. So the world speaks about, they have recognized this concept. Even Arnold Schwarzenegger has. And he says, you know, in his motivational training, he says, we need to give back of what we have. Whether it's Bill Gates, Steffi Graf, or Karl-Heinz Böhm, many of you might not know him anymore, but you know. But you have received everything with Jesus already, right? Redemption, salvation, healing, all fullness is in him. Why are we whining and complaining and accusing him? Lord, I don't have enough of you. I need more. And Jesus, you have received everything. You've got fellowship. You've got peace with God. You're redeemed and saved. And if you're here and say, no, 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 I'm not. Then you need redemption and salvation today. I'm calling you. Come to this living God today. Because he has already taken judgment upon himself for you. He went to the cross. He has signed it. He said, I have taken everything upon myself. And he has promised you. So this check of promise is already signed by him, and you just have to give your life to him in order to be able to receive it. So a measure for success is the principle of serving and giving. In the smallest of areas, serving Serving. My friend, serving is not just at home somewhere, but serving starts in those little things. With my brother, my sister, it starts when I go to church, it starts in the cell group. Serving is not when I have a ministry. Oh, Jobst, if you only knew how many ministries I have. No, serving is a mentality, it's a spirit. Serving is wherever ministry is necessary, whether somebody's garden needs to be, or whether chairs need to be set out. I start serving. Or if it's cleaning, I don't say, oh, that's not my ministry, but I start serving. If it's necessary to have people who go, I start going and doing it. It's my mentality. And that's what the Lord taught us. When the Lord spoke to Charlotte and myself about uh, our calling, that he said to us, start serving. And we served in the church, whether that was pouring out coffee, setting out chairs, whatever it was. Many times, pour out coffee? Uh, no, not, not pour out. Um, just, you know, give people coffee, whatever. Uh, setting out chairs, whatever it is.
2: Uh,
0: welcoming people at the door, saying hi and goodbye, evangelism.
2: Many times
0: we are very functional. We say, Jobs, do you know what my ministry is? My ministry is such and such. Great, I congratulate you. But the mentality of serving never stops. The mentality of serving is somebody asks you and you say, here I am. The mentality is somebody needs me, I go, I walk the second, third and fourth mile. The mentality of giving is so much much more than seed and offering. They gave everything. We heard that. Not just because they heard three messages by Carlos Jimenez, but because their heart was a heart of giving and serving. And they gave their houses and their apartments, their riches. Because they said, we want the kingdom of God to be built. We want to give everything so it can spread, north, east, south, and west. Matthew 25, the Lord said to him, right, well done, you good and faithful servant. You were faithful with little, and I shall put you over much. You know, so many times we go to events, big conference. we have the March of the Nations. But all of this is only the, the summary of faithful in little things, faithfulness in prayer, faithfulness in reading the Bible, faithfulness in going, faithfulness, faithfulness. So the wrong principle is the principle of taking and receiving. Is yes, of course we can receive healing, restoration. We can expect Jesus to do great things. But the good news is not just that you have to enter into a hospital of your cell group for 10 years but you can start serving the Lord immediately and while you go the Lord will heal you and restore you while you give testimony while you do things you make your life available
2: that's the key of success so the most
0: important principle and key is the principle of serving, servanthood, and giving. But let me mention two or three or four more points,
2: and then we'll pray. Point number one.
0: Many times we are experts in a kind of dualism. We separate between job and church. A, this is completely unbiblical, and B, it doesn't work. You know, in my job I live like this, but in the church I'm religious. That's the concept of hypocrisy. You know, the kingdom of God consists of church and job and all areas. They all go together. You can't separate them. And it's much more. The way you live in the kingdom of God, the way you live it in your relationships in the kingdom of God will determine your success and blessing in your job.
2: And that means,
0: if you decide, or if they decide, to have success as the most important goal in their lives, say, this is my goal in life, I want to be successful, I want to get to the top of the ladder, I want to have three houses that I can have my children inherit, I want to have a big name, I want to be a Swabian dynasty of Tübingen or whatever, or at least Duslingen or some other village. That's the wrong concept. Now, if we decide to have success as the most important goal in our lives and no longer what the word of God says, what God wants, we will be driven. And this actually gets you, me to the point where I want to pray. So many times we are like driven. And we know all of this, but we are like driven. And if somebody comes here to Swabia, maybe all over Germany, but maybe Swabia is a bit particular here,
2: our friends from other nations or maybe
0: other regions, they are are a bit shocked, you know, why are they so driven, as if they all were constantly running in fourth gear, and that's how they drive as well, you know. You know, take somebody's right away and right and left and you're stressed and you jump out of your car and you think, oh dear. And you need to recover from your drive. They're driven. And even if you sit quiet, you're driven. Oh, I have to do something. What do the people think if I just sit driven by people? But not by God. Driven, even inside, even the heart rate is really going up. I can't sleep, I can't relax. I don't know why. Driven people, they can't find rest. I live under this false yoke of success. A concept of people, you know, doing things right, having them, I shut us up and down and up and down. Get my shutters up in time so nobody of the neighbors is concerned that I sleep too long. Six thirty. And at one o'clock, start my uh, mowing my lawn and start cutting wood and work. And if I don't uh, have anything to do, I will Hoover and vacuum my apartment, or I sweep the uh, sweep the street. Uh, do something. That's most important. And then you run into church. And then you're stressed when somebody just says, Oh, please stand. You know, oh, I'm so stressed. There's so much pressure in the church. And you get home and your heart goes, Dung, 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 Dung. And you say, Wow. I'm so much under pressure. I have to bring things in the church, do things. Oh, the preacher said, I have to serve now.
2: Do you understand
0: what I'm talking about?
2: Our
0: our ideas are just so wrong. But it's not God's idea, not God's concept.
2: God's idea
0: is that He is looking at how I treat Him, whether I have Him in the first place. Do I wait on Him? Do I do His will? Hey, how about your time with the Lord? Oh, the past four weeks I didn't have any time to pray. Why? Because you were like driven, you exchanged your priorities. That's why you're not doing well. You didn't enter into God's chamber. How can the Lord visit you? How can he bring you into his rest? How can you come to him? A false concept. And when this yoke and the, the rod of the driver is behind us. And those who are driven, they will also drive others. And that's what the Bible says. The most important thing is to have peace with God. Jesus, our Prince of Peace. And this is how you can know that you have Jesus in your heart, that you have found peace with God. This peace that's higher than all understanding. And Jesus is the master of joy, that you are joyful in him in the living God. He's not the one who's torturing us, who's complaining and whining all the time. But he is the master of joy. And that's why we're sitting there. And then when it's about coming into the presence of God, our faces are like as if we'd eaten a raw onion or licked a lemon. We have deep crevices in our face and the Lord is so full of love and goodness and mercy and he does everything we can come into his presence. And then after 45 minutes, slowly your face starts softening, slowly there's peace. And the Lord says, hey, you could have had that all week.
2: Driven people because
0: they have a false idea of success. The Lord wants to give you success and blessing. But he
2: wants
0: to be the most important thing in our lives. You know, success
2: can have its right priority if you look
0: at it from God's perspective and success comes where you are getting through to God in the morning say Lord a thousand different things but now here I am for you
2: success comes where
0: you refuse the the Lord says, "Do you say, Lord, do you really want that of me? And the Lord says, yes, please. And you said, even if you don't like it, you do it for him. Success is if you stand up and say, now, if I admit that I follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior, the people will think I'm crazy. They'll think I'm a fundamentalist. They'll think I'm sick in my brain, but I'll do it anyway and say, I follow Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen. And maybe I even risk having negative negative results. So that is success.
2: And
0: that is faithfulness in little things. You know, God is so happy about his children's success, but he doesn't want their success to become the most important goal in your life. Because he says... What does it profit a man if he wins the whole world? And so many times we try and win the world to take everything, you know, to make use of everything. What does it profit a man if we win the whole world, if we are the most successful of people? Yes, God does want us to be successful, but what does it profit us if this is our goal, and we are like the rich farmer at the end of our lives, we say, now I have worked my whole life, I've got a full bank account, and now my soul rest well and enjoy, now I'll go on a big cruise, I'll do all these wonderful things, And of course, you can do that. But God needs to be first. Otherwise, we become like those rich farmers, and suddenly the Lord stands before us and says, I will demand your soul of you today if he is not in first place.
2: And you know, God's perspective is
0: the perspective of eternity.
2: And this is how it is. Success comes,
0: but success doesn't stay necessarily. But my life is not determined by what I do.
2: My life is not
0: depending on whether we had a great March of Life or whether I've got a good, well-filled bank account. My life does not depend on these things, but my life depends on the fact that I'm loved by the living God. And that's my prayer for you. Lord, I don't want to be among those who are driven, but I want to be among those who are with you, who say, Lord, whatever I do, I do it because of love to you, whether it's little things or big things, but just for my love for you. And shall we pray? together i believe that the lord wants to take away this yoke of success over people you've been taught like this in your family you've been formed by pressure things we need to do please understand me right yeah you are to be successful we want to be blessed but the priorities need to be right we mustn't be driven by it so let's all stand and let's pray together